Hey y'all, Rochelle here. And Lynn. If you like our podcast, be sure to rate and review us on your podcast platform. Or share us on social media so more folks out there can join the Idgits and Aspets family. And don't forget to subscribe as well so you automatically have our newest episodes. Okay, so today we are talking about season eight, episode 21, called The Great Escapist. So we start out in Garth's boat. It's daytime. Kevin wakes up and there is a sticky note stuck to his cheek. <laughs> like, did he did he put that there? My guess is that he probably like fell asleep on a sticky note. <laughs> okay. It stuck to his face. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So he gets up and sticks the sticky note onto the wall that has the rest of his notes stuck on it. Uh, someone bangs on the door and he approaches it warily. Dean says from the other side of the door, uh, Kevin, come on. It's us. Open up. I'm bleeding out here. Kevin cracks the door open. Dean says, come on, man. It's me. And Kevin sprays him with holy water. <laughs> Dean says, now it's wet me. Kevin says, you forgot the knock. What's the point of a secret knock if you don't use it? I mean, Sam that's says, a fair point. I know. That's an excellent point. <laughs> <laughs> Sam says, sorry, Kevin. And then Sam gets hit with the holy water as well. Sam says, we got it. Kevin takes the chains off the door and Sam and Dean come inside the boat. Kevin says, got what? Dean says, we got a tip that Crowley was moving his Earthside operations. So we uh, laid ourselves an awesome trap. Sam says, and it worked. Dean takes the other half of, a, of the broken demon tablet out of his bag. He says, we got the other half of the tablet. Kevin says, what? Dean says, it's the light at the end of your tunnel, kid. Don't say we never got you nothing. And Dean hands Kevin the piece of the tablet. Kevin says, holy crap, are you kidding? We can get a third trial. We can finally figure out how to close the gates of hell on Crowley's ass forever. Sam says, sounds good to me. So we digging up the other half of that thing or what? Kevin says, don't need to. And he points to the wall of notes. Sam says, so uh, special K, you keep your nose special to the Godstone K. and we're going to drive out and make a lot of noise a long way from here. Keep the safe boat safe for you. Kevin, <clears throat> sorry, my voice just like blew out and now I need to swallow. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> There's a lot of effort going on. Also, just so uh, you guys know, there's a, uh, there's a very awake puppy in the background. So hopefully she won't make too much noise, but I can't guarantee that. <laughs> it'll be okay. There should at least not be any shrieking. So yeah. <laughs> okay. So um, Kevin ignores him. He's already scribbling down more notes. Dean says, we'll be back as soon as we can. Okay. And Kevin slightly nods. Dean says to Sam, I guess he's okay. To Kevin, he says, all right, don't forget to lock up after us. So Sam and Dean leave the boat. Uh, outside the boat, uh, Sam and Dean walk onto the pier where they are engulfed by a rippling portal thing <laughs> and are transported to inside Crowley's lair. Uh, the moment they, they enter left the, the bubble. <laughs> yep. Yep. The moment they enter the building, Sam and Dean transform back into demons. Okay. I got a quick question for you here. 
this boat that Kevin is on, is it like the real Garth's boat? Because the real Garth's boat, Sam and Dean went to and is empty. It's not like Crowley would put him and all of his shit back in the boat. So is this like fake illusion Crowley boat? I'm so confused. I think so. Yeah. Okay. I don't remember having this thought ever in my life, (laughs) especially when I first watched it. So yeah. Yeah. Uh Okay. All right. That makes sense to me. Fake Crowley boat. (laughs) Dirty bastards. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Crowley says, so it's three trials, three trials and the Winchesters get to lock the door on me. Ha. To demon number one, he says, you fake Sam. If you're going to tip our hand, I'll have to scrub Kevin's short-term memory again. And that's risky. So watch the patois in there. Demon number one says, patois? I don't know if I'm saying that right. Crowley says, your slang, special K, nose to the godstone. That's the way Dean speaks. Sam is more basic, more sincere. <laughs> He's a basic bitch. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Remember, I want two distinct, authentic characterizations. Demon number one says, yes, sir. So Crowley waves them off and both demons leave. Crowley says, I was born to direct. (laughs) And then we got our opening title sequence. So we cut to the bunker library. It's daytime. Dean comes in carrying a tray of food. Sam is sitting at a table huddled underneath a blanket and going over some documents. Dean says, all right, here we go. John Winchester's famous cure-all sink, uh, kitchen sink stew. There you go. Enough cayenne pepper in there to burn your lips off, just like dad used to make. That sounds good, actually. Spicy stew. It, yeah, spicy stew does sound good. Why is it called kitchen sink um, stew? I mean, he doesn't it, actually make it. in there but the kitchen sink. Okay, I was like, he doesn't like actually make it in the sink, right? Because like you <laughs> do a lot of cleaning before that's okay. <laughs> no, that's like a lot of people they'll make like goulash or like yeah. my family calls it slum golian. I don't know why. <laughs> okay. That's just what my grandma called it. And so uh-huh. that's what everybody calls it now. Um but yeah, you literally just like take all the leftovers, all the random stuff, and like put it all together and like make a meal out of all the leftovers. Okay, got it. Okay, so Dean sets the tray down in front of Sam, but he pushes it away. Dean says, yeah, we do the whole airplane thing with a spoon. When was the last time you ate? Sam says, I don't. Dean says, days, Sam. It's been three days. Dean pulls out a thermometer, um, the kind that goes in an orifice. Sam says, "Uh, where'd you get that? Dean says, when you started throwing off heat waves here, and he tries to shove it into Sam's mouth, Sam throws the blanket aside and stands up and stumbles. He says, enough, Dean, please. Dean says, the bloody handkerchiefs, the fever, the shaky legs, this is not good. (laughs) Sam, Sam says, well, I'm not good, and I'm not going to be good until we can start moving again, until I can start the third trial. Dean says, trial, I wouldn't let you start a moped. <laughs> We're on the rails of this thing, okay? And the only way out is through it. Believe me, I know. And you know how bad I want to slam the door on all those sons of bitches. But you got to let me take care of you, man. You got to let me help you get your strength back. Sam says, this isn't a cold or a fever or whatever it is you're supposed to feed. This is all part of it. 
those first two trials, they're not just things I did. They're doing something to me. They're changing me, Dean. That does not sound good, Sam. No, <laughs> no, not even I think you really need to sit and think about what you just said. <laughs> I'm never going to be the same again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's continue. <laughs> <laughs> so Dean's phone buzzes and he pulls it out. Uh, the screen says new email from Kevin Tran. Dean says, it's Kevin. Sam says, finally. So Dean opens Kevin's message on the laptop. It says, watch this video now. He clicks the link and Kevin's video message plays. Um, it shows Kevin in Garth's boat. Kevin says, Sam, Dean, I set up this message with some software on a remote server. So it had sent itself to you if I didn't reset it with a command once a week, which means I didn't reset it this week. And there's only one reason I wouldn't, which means if you're watching this, then, then I'm dead. I'm dead, you bastards. So screw you, screw God, and everyone in between. Like, and I know that he's being totally serious in this moment, but also, like, it's kind of funny, you know? Like, <laughs> uh, I was just, like, mostly sad for him. I don't like, know. I was sad, but also at the same time, it's like, dude, flare for the dramatic much. Like, yeah. holy cow. <laughs> like, <Yep. laughs> Kevin says, Crowley must have gotten to me. And the one thing I know is that I won't break this time. I'm not sure how I know, but I do. I've been uploading all my notes and translation blah, 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 translations. I'm sending you the links so you can get all of it. You guys are going to have to try and figure out the rest. I'm sorry. And then he starts to tear up. He says, I know it was my job, but I, I couldn't. I'm sorry. So the message ends and Dean yells, damn it. And angrily swipes a stack of books off a table. So we cut to some time later, Sam is printing out Kevin's notes while Dean is on the phone. Dean says, yeah, I know you haven't seen him kill. Nobody has. All right. Well, if you talk to Garth, well, we'll just have to call him in. Yeah. And he hangs up. Sam says, Garth is still MIA. Dean says, yeah. Sam says, how about the other prophets in line? I mean, if Kevin is, uh, is dead, then won't one of them be activated? Dean says, nothing, no, not a peep. Here we are, no lead, no tablet, squat. Sam says, well, I mean, we got this. And he picks up a stack of notes. Dean says, we should have moved him in here. Yes, you so, should have. Yeah, you really fucking should have. What <laughs> the hell? You're gonna leave him on a goddamn boat? Like, really? Like, what? What? <laughs> like, what did you think was gonna happen? The, how are you going to take care of him without actually taking care of him? You know, <laughs> exactly. Okay. So we cut to inside a Biggerson's restaurant. This is daytime. Cass sits at one of the tables looking at his watch. The screen says Santa Fe, New Mexico. A waitress named Kara comes up and refills his coffee. Cass says, I guess I've been acquiring the taste. Kara says, yeah, the coffee's not too bad here. Cass says, you know, I remember when you first discovered it. Before you started brewing it, you just chew the berries. Folktale <laughs> folk is true, by the way. You learned it from the goats. <laughs> <laughs> Which I have never heard that before. But Me you know. neither. I kind of want to look into that. Yeah. <laughs> Kara says, uh, been on the road a long time, huh? Cass says, it feels like I've been on the road forever. Kara exchanges a look with a man behind the counter. 
she says, uh, I'm sorry, mister, but you're going to have to order more than coffee if you want to keep the table. Cass says, oh, of course. Uh, he looks at a menu and says, I'll have the smart heart beer battered tempera tempters. That's fucking hard to say. P.S. <laughs> Kara says, of course, coming right up. She walks off. Uh, there's a buzzing noise and Cass's coffee cup starts to shake. Cass says they're getting closer. A nearby waiter named Perry looks up. He says, what's that chief? But Cass disappears. And a few moments later, Perry is on all fours looking underneath the table that Cass <laughs> like, was sitting at. Where in the hell did he go? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Perry says, I swear to God, Lance, the guy just disappeared. Lance says, you on that crack again, Perry? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, two angels, one is named Ion and the other one has no name. So we just call him the other angel. <laughs> um, he, they appear and observe Perry and Lance. Uh, we cut to Naomi's office. Yay. Naomi says, Ion, tell me you have good news. Ion says he's using a clever tactic. It's a restaurant called Biggerson's. Um, we cut to a Biggerson's. Cass is sitting at a table drinking his coffee. The screen says Palm Bay, Florida. We cut back to Naomi's office. Ion says the humans have built hundreds of them, almost exactly alike. Naomi says, what are you talking about? Ion says it's their sameness. <laughs> so we cut to another like, bigger sense. We're getting duped. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so we cut to another bigger sense. Uh, the screen says Denver, Colorado. And then Ion says to Naomi, Castiel is using it against us. We cut to another bigger sense restaurant. Cass is in the same position while the backdrop keeps changing. The screen says Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, cut to Naomi's office. Ion says, now we try to orient ourselves, but it's as if we're in every bigger sense at once. We get to another bigger sense. There's a lot of back and forth here, if you didn't notice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so another bigger sense, uh, the screen says Portland, Oregon. Ion says to Naomi, uh, trapped in a quantum superposition. We cut to another bigger sense. The screen says St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, cut to Naomi's office. I don't know why I said that. I guess Cass is just sitting there. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, cut to Naomi's office. Ion says, now he chooses um, which to go to next. Uh, that's what's giving him the edge. Naomi says, you're saying that you can't catch him. Ion says, there's just so many bigger sins. <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you want us to do? Be in all of them at once, you know? Yep. Naomi says, very well, you say he can't be caught, then we will simply have to make him stop. So we cut to the bunker library. Sam and Dean are going over Kevin's notes. Sam says, huh, there it is again, every time. Dean says, hmm? Sam says, the symbol, I know it. Now Kevin has it down as a sort of like a signature for the scribe of God. It appears every time Metatron makes one of his like editor's notes. Dean says, okay. Sam says, but I think I've seen it before. I mean, it was a long time ago. It was in one of my uh, humanities courses at Stanford. 
Dean says, they taught the word of God at Stanford. Sam says, no, it was a overview of Native American art. I think it's a petroglyph. Dean says, a petro what now? Which I think you understand the word glyph, Dean. Like, yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> okay, that's fine. <laughs> so moments later, uh, Sam slams the book onto the table and points to the symbol. He says, this one belonged to a tiny tribe in Colorado, more of a clan, really. It says here they held on to their scrap of mountains when all the other tribes fell to the white man. So this glyph was a territorial marker. Closest translation, message of God. Messenger of God. Dean, we have to go there. (laughs) Dean says, on that hunch, you can barely function. Sam says, I'm only going to get worse. I mean, until we get back to the real job, until we find the third trial, we're out of profits. We're not going to figure out what Kevin couldn't. I'd say uh, we go to this messenger of God who wrote it in the first place. Dean says, anything this Metatron is hiding out in the mountains with a bunch of Indians? Sam says, yeah, yeah, I do. You're uh, you're <laughs> like, not you got really... anything better? Come on, dude. <laughs> yeah. Sam says, you're not really supposed to say Indians. Uh, We should go. (laughs) So Sam walks off. Dean says, you're delirious. So we cut to a Biggerson's restaurant. Castiel sits at the table while the scenery behind him changes rapidly. The screen says Bangor, Maine, Lincoln, Nebraska, Reno, Nevada, Tucson. I can't say that word. Tucson, Arizona. Did I say Mm -hmm. it? Okay. Okay. It doesn't look like it says Tucson. Okay. It doesn't. <laughs> nope. Um, and then Santa Fe, New Mexico. Uh, in Santa Fe, New Mexico, Cass looks down at his coffee cup and sees that the table is actually smeared with blood. He looks around the restaurant, which is littered with dead, bloody bodies. Yay. Kara, the waitress, says, You have to stop. Cass turns to look at her. Kara is crumpled against one of the booths and her eyes have been burned out. Kara says, they said you have to stop. Cass says, no. Kara says, they said you have to stop. And Cass moves over to her. He says, no. Kara says, just stop. You have to stop. Cass says, no. And like, really, like, can one of you just say something else? Like, I know, like, we get it. Yeah. You know, like, (laughs) Kara says, you have to stop. Cass reaches out a hand so that he can heal her. And Kara says, they said you have to stop. Suddenly, Ion and the other nameless angel appear behind Cass. Ion presses his angel blade to Cass's throat. Oh my God, I need a drink of water. Hold on. Again. I've been drinking my orange juice over here. I have a problem with orange juice. Oh my God. I need more water. Don't die. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sorry about that. Uh Do I have a voice? Uh Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, I don't know what came over me. It was all this Castiel. (laughs) (laughs) He just leaves you breathless. (laughs) He does. (laughs) um okay uh kara says again you have to stop 
So we cut to the Two Rivers Hotel, still daytime. Sam and Dean pull up in the Impala and they go inside. Dean says, nice place. They walk up to the front desk and Dean rings the bell. The hotel manager comes over. Dean says, morning. Hi, uh, we'd like a room. But the manager says nothing. (laughs) Dean says, "Uh, here, please. (laughs) Sam wonders, (laughs) yeah, like, what's happening? (laughs) Sam wanders off while Dean signs in. Um, From Sam's point of view, we see his vision blurring and there's a loud ringing noise. Sam says to Dean, did you hear that? Dean says, hear what? Sam wanders off again. And Dean says to the manager, he has the flu. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So we cut back to Cass. Kara says again, you have to stop. You have to stop. They said you. And then Naomi is there. She snaps her fingers, which breaks Kara's neck. Naomi says, I can't hear myself think. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, don't kill her, but that's fair. <laughs> right. Cass says, we were supposed to be their shepherds, not their murderers. Naomi says, not always, Angel. There was that day back in Egypt, not so long ago, where we slew every firstborn infant whose door wasn't splashed with lamb's blood. And that was just PR. <laughs> Cass says, well, I wasn't there. Naomi says, oh, you were there. You just don't remember it. Cass says, how many times have you torn into my head and washed it clean? Naomi says, frankly, too damn many. Naomi snaps her fingers to make one of the chairs slide over to her very sassily. (laughs) So she sits down. She says, you're the famous spanner in the works. Honestly, I think you came off the line with a crack in your chassis. You have never done what you were told. Not completely. You don't even die right, do you? Where is the angel tablet, Castiel? Okay, I need more water again. I don't know what's happening to my throat. But <laughs> it's, like, okay. it's like trying to come out. My <laughs> You're good. <clears throat> Sorry. Wow. <clears throat> okay. Um, firm, firm, firm. Castiel says, in the words of a good friend, bite me <laughs> i was watching this with killian and he just like loved that part <laughs> <laughs> naomi says oh we'll bite don't worry to her angels she says go search all the biggersons he must have hidden it along the way <clears throat> okay so we cut to garth's boat kevin is working on the translation of the demon tablet uh well demon sam and demon dean keep watch Kevin says, Demon. I, I know, right? Demon. It wasn't that clever. <laughs> Fine. Kevin says, I can barely see. I need food. A few moments later, um, Demon Sam reads from Kevin's shopping list. Demon Sam says, All right, uh, barbecue ribs, mashed potatoes. Kevin says, garlic mashed potatoes. <laughs> Demon Sam says, garlic mashed potatoes, mixed greens with baby lettuce, cornbread, and a pad thai. <laughs> Kevin says, Gar says there's a little, uh, a good little place on the other side of town. Demon Dean says, what the hell? Kid's been working hard. 
So they cut to, we cut to Crowley's lair. Uh, Crowley and his minions are watching uh, Demon Sam and Demon Dean on their monitors. Crowley says, those guys aren't half bad. Uh, one of the minions says, no, sir, you chose well. Crowley says, of course, if I wasn't running everything, I could have played Dean myself. The minion. He's he's got a little like, you know, he wants to LARP. Yeah, he does. (laughs) The minion says, oh, you would have made a great Dean, sir. And Crowley looks a little pleased with himself. So (laughs) we cut back to the boys in the hotel room. Sam is lying on one of the beds, drinking a glass of water, which, um, you know, it is really hard to drink anything while you're lying down mm-hmm. unless you have a straw. And even then it's weird. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's when you choke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Dean comes in, he says, regular tourist Mecca. We got here. We're the only guests in this whole place. Last entry in the registration in the registry was 2006. Sam says, hey, do you remember uh, when dad took us to the bottom of the Grand Canyon on that pack mule ride? Dean says, the what? <laughs> Sam says, and your, uh, your mule kept farting, just like letting go, like gale force. <laughs> Dean says, dude, you were like four years old. I barely remember that. Sam starts laughing and says, you rode a farty donkey. <laughs> Dean says, okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> Dean says, okay, uh, I'm going to go check out the Two Rivers Tribal Museum and Trading Post. Sam says, yeah, yeah. He sits up. He says, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to go follow the hotel manager, Dr. Scowly Scowl. He's like a villain from Scooby-Doo. Dean says, no, hey, uh, little big man, you should get some rest. Sam says, yeah, I can do that too. And Sam immediately falls back onto the bed and falls asleep. Just like done. (laughs) He is out. So we cut to the Two Rivers Tribal Museum. Uh, A clerk says, uh, the people of Two Rivers, of the Two Rivers Tribe came to this land centuries ago. A land that was harsh and stony. But the mighty leader told his people that they must stay here. He claimed that this was the home. Um, this was the home on earth of the great spirit's sacred messenger. And that if they'd make offerings, their blessings would be many. Dean says, what were the offerings? The clerk says, huh? <laughs> Dean says, uh, what did the great spirit's sacred messenger ask for? The clerk says stories. He asked the people to tell him stories. Dean spots an old photo um, on the wall, um, and in the photo is a group of people, and one of them is the hotel manager, who looks exactly as he does now. Hmm. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Dean says, I bet I know what the blessings were. So they cut back to Sam. Uh, he tosses around the bed feverishly and then gets up. He staggers down the hallway which is a terrible idea. Um, (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) Yeah. He's holding on to the wall for support as he goes. The ringing noise and blurred vision from before have returned. The elevator doors at the end of the hallway open. So Sam hides in an alcove while the manager places a stack of boxes in front of one of the rooms. As soon as he leaves, Sam makes his way over and opens one of the boxes, which turns out to be full of books. 
Sam stumbles back into his room. He pulls out his phone. He's kind of swaying. <laughs> Not looking too good. <laughs> no, he hits a number on speed dial and then passes out as it rings. <laughs> Dean answers the phone and says, Sam? But Sam is passed out. Um, so we cut to all the angels at uh, Biggerson's restaurant. Uh, the Santa Fe one, I think. Yeah. Naomi's um, nameless angel punches Cass in the face. And then Ion appears. Ion says, I've been all over them. It's not there. Naomi says to Cass, why? Why are you doing this? Let us put the tablet back where it should be. Cass says, I need to protect it. Naomi says, from the angels? Cass says, from all of us. Naomi says, I'm just going to have to pull you apart, aren't I? Suddenly, her nameless angel is shot and he falls to the ground dead. Uh, Ion gets shot in the arm a moment later and some grace leaks out. <laughs> that sounds <laughs> naughty. <laughs> it does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the shooter turns out to be Crowley, who has just appeared. Crowley says, Naomi, darling, miss me? So we cut back to Sam. Uh, he comes to submerged in a bath of ice water. Has that ever happened to you? Nope. They took his kidneys. <laughs> I know. Oh my God. <laughs> Have you ever, you've seen the, the let's go to Candy Mountain, Charlie thing, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, they took my kidneys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dang it. Yeah. <laughs> so I've been in a bath of ice water before. I can't remember how old I was, but I was like early elementary school and I had like a big old fever. And instead of getting like, I don't know, Tylenol or Advil, <laughs> <laughs> I got the ice bath and it sucked balls. Oh, like, I'm sure. Yeah. Like I had a high fever and like your, your skin hurts at that point already, you know, uh -huh. and you're putting ice on it. Yep. Ugh, I just remember it being miserable. And then <laughs> in high school, um, I played volleyball and, um, I had shin splints really bad and my, um, my volleyball coach, she was also like the athletic director for the school. Mm -hmm. she, she would pull me out of class, um, two times a day and fill up a big ass bucket full of ice water. Oh, and I'd wow. have to put both of my feet in there. So the ice is up to my knees and stand that way for like 20 minutes. It was excruciating. Like, you yeah. know, ugh, it was just miserable. No, thank no. you. <laughs> yeah. Also, I don't know that that helped my shin splints. It's not like they felt better after that. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I don't know like what exactly that would help for shin splints. Like, <laughs> I don't, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> My coach was awesome though. Besides the, the ice. Besides the ice. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. So, um, Sam comes to in an ice bath. Uh, he says, get off. And he pushes Dean away and scrambles to get out of the bathtub. Dean says, take it easy, Sam. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Take it easy. And he wraps a towel around Sam's shoulders. He says, I found you on the floor, on the floor, passed out. Your temperature was 107. I had to force it down or you were toast. I mean, like at 107, you would already, I think, pretty much be like brain dead at that point. So I think so too. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I mean, 
I don't know what the cutoff is there, but like 107 is not normal, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Sam says, he's here, Dean. Metatron is here. I know it. I can hear him. Dean says, what are you talking about? Sam says, I know it. Sam, that's not what he said. <laughs> Sam says, all I know is that I'm connected to it somehow. Dean says, what? Like you got a link to him, like a prophet? Sam says, I don't know. I just know he's here. Metatron is here. Dean says, okay, here, where? Sam says, I can show you. I can show you. <laughs> the manager, he was delivering books to him. Dean says, books? Sam says, books, hardcovers, paperbacks, novels, books. Dean says, stories. So we cut back to Biggerson's. Crowley shows his gun to Naomi, uh, which sounds like a euphemism. (laughs) 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 Oh, no. (laughs) Uh, Crowley says, do you like it? <laughs> He's going to keep giggling. Ow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he says, I had my R&D people melt down one of your angel blades, cast it into bullets, seem to do the trick. Naomi says, how dare you? <laughs> Crowley says, I'm the daringest devil you'll ever meet, love. <laughs> Naomi's eyes glow bright and a white light starts flooding the diner coming from Naomi. Crowley aims the gun at her. He says, we've been here before, haven't we? Let's see who blinks first. And Crowley shoots, but Naomi disappears just in time. Crowley says, huh, and then walks over to Cass. He says, hi, Cass. Uh, Cass glances from Crowley to Ion. And Crowley says, that's right, Cass. I got me an angel on the payroll. It's that kind of universe these days. And then Crowley shoots Cass in the stomach. Ugh, which like it like sparks a little there's a little bit of that like gracie light and then <laughs> but like he's not you know there's dead. liquid, <laughs> there's liquid. <laughs> crowley says to ion now grab him and follow me so we cut to gar's boat demon dean says hey kid you okay kevin says i can't all right it's it's the break in the stone there's key writing. I just, I can't make it out. You guys were right. I do need the other half of the tablet to get the trial. It's not too far from here. Demon Dean says, awesome. Uh, what's the 1020? So we cut to an office. Uh, Crowley sits down behind a desk while Ion pushes Cass into uh, a chair opposite him. Crowley says, just wanted to take a moment away from the main action to chat with my old business partner. Cass clutches his bloody stomach. Crowley says, I assume you won't die just yet. Takes a painful long time to bleed out from the gut. Cass says, you can do whatever you want, Crowley. I will never tell you where I buried the tablet. Crowley says, I know, Cass. I know. Luckily, I don't believe you'll have to. I've been getting regular updates from my expensive friend here. Naomi should have caught you out of the gate, seeing as lately she's been knuckle deep in that melon of yours. She thinks that touching the tablet has broken her spell over you. Hmm? Cass says, the tablets weren't meant for the angels and they weren't meant for you. Crowley says, she's got a lot on her plate, so you can't fault her for missing it. I was thinking to myself, self, if Cass got away from her by touching the tablet, 
why would he ever stop touching the tablet? And then I thought to myself, self, (laughs) he hasn't stopped touching the tablet. Now has he? And then Crowley plunges his hand into Cass's stomach and roots around <laughs> and then finally pulls out the angel tablet. Which, Comes okay. out with a brick. <laughs> yeah. That was a little hole in Cass's stomach. I mean, it was like, you know, fist size, you know, but that tablet is not fist size. So I don't <laughs> know, like, how, how'd that come out? Things stretch. <laughs> 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 things do stretch <laughs> I mean honestly that's all I got for you okay all right. that's my only explanation <laughs> Crowley says oh you're a pip you are to Ion he says what and Crowley's phone rings so he answers and says this is the king so he cut to a storage facility uh, the demons who were impersonating Sam and Dean have been caught in a devil's trap. Demon number two says, the kid told us where the other half was, but it wasn't. <laughs> Dab of crap tricked us. He lied. So, yeah. <laughs> sent us into some kind of hunter's mousetrap. Crowley says, you jackasses, you're ruining my streak. He hangs up and then to Ion, he says, watch him. I'll be right back. So we cut back to the boys. Uh, Sam and Dean leave their hotel room. Sam holding on to the doorpost as they go. Dean says, I should be taking you to the ER. Sam says, they can't do anything for me. You know, I've been remembering things, little things, so clearly. Dean says, what, donkey rides? (laughs) Sam says, you used to read to me uh, when I was little. I mean, like really little from that, from that old uh, classics illustrated comic book. You remember that? Dean says, no. <laughs> Sam says, Knights of the Round Table had all the King Arthur's knights and they were all on a quest for the Holy Grail. And I remember looking at this picture of Sir Galahad and he was kneeling and a light was streaming over his face. And I remember thinking, I could never go on a quest like that because I'm not clean. I mean, I was just a little kid. You think maybe I knew? I mean, deep down? that I had demon blood in me and about the evil of it and that I'm wasn't pure. Dean says, Sam, it is not your fault. Sam says, it doesn't matter anymore because these trials, they're purifying me, which does not sound good. Okay. (laughs) Like, let me just wreck everything. I do not like it. Okay. (laughs) Okay, so they reached the doorway where all the boxes were. Sam says, they were here. The books, the boxes, they're gone. Dean pushes open the door because it wasn't latched, which also, hi, that should make you a little nervous. A little suspicious. Yeah, that's fine. So Sam and Dean go inside the room, which is filled with thousands of books. I mean, like stacked up, hoarder style, little mazes. Yeah. (laughs) Like that floor is probably about to collapse (laughs) exactly yeah so they round a corner and come face to face with metatron who aims a rifle at them metatron says who are you dean says metatron this is metatron to sam he says this is metatron (laughs) metatron suddenly reappears behind them and says sit down so they do Sam clutches his head as the ringing returns 
um, increasing in volume and nearly blocking out Metatron's voice. Sam, uh, no, not Sam. Metatron <laughs> says, who sent you? Sam, who's half shouting, says, we came on our own. We're the Winchesters. Dean says, I'm Dean. This is Sam. Metatron says, you work for Michael or Lucifer? Sam says, what? You really haven't heard of us? <laughs> what kind of angel are you? We're clearly you have no idea what's going on here. Yeah. <laughs> We're kind of says... <laughs> Yeah, Sam says, we're the freaking Winchesters. <laughs> so I cut back to Cass. He says, how far can this go? Ion says, Shh, shut up. Cass says, Ion, how far can we let this all drop? This charge was left to us. It's our mission. Ion says, do you even know what the mission was? They've been in all our heads. Cass says, we aren't machines for them to program and reprogram. This wasn't what it was meant to be. Ion says, nothing matters. <laughs> Sounds a little Anyone depressed there, Ion. <laughs> yeah. I'm having a musical day today. <laughs> I like it. Uh-huh. Um, Cass says, you are so wrong, brother. It all matters. Then Cass digs out the angel bullet from the wound in his stomach. And as he does, part of his wound grows, glows, grows, glows bright blue a little bit of grease leakage there (laughs) Ew. (laughs) 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 so we cut to inside gar's boat uh crowley blows open the door goes inside crowley says you little prat having fun yet kevin says screw you (laughs) crowley says am i seeing this how did you figure it out kevin says it started when they forgot the secret knock but really, it was the way they acted. I don't think on their best day, Sam and Dean would go into town and get me a barbecue dinner. Not when there are leftover burritos in the fridge. <laughs> Crowley says, so my demons were too polite. <laughs> Kevin says, yeah. Crowley says, well, I'll be a son of a whore. <laughs> <laughs> so we cut back to the boys. Dean says, Michael and Lucifer? Those dudes are in the deep fryer. Sam says, yeah, we put them there ourselves. Metatron says, what about Gabriel and Raphael? Sam says, dead. Dean says, you really don't know this? Metatron says, I've been very careful. Sam says, hey, can you? And we see that the ringing has gotten even louder in his head. He says, can you turn that down? Metatron says, turn what down? Oh, you're resonating. And then he finally lowers his rifle. Dean says, resonating? What do you mean resonating? Metatron says, you've undertaken the trials. You're trying to pull one of the great levers, aren't you? Levers? Levers? Levers. I don't know. I I guess it depends on, you know. (laughs) Where you're from. (laughs) Where you're from. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I would call them levers, but that doesn't mean that that's what everybody would call them. (laughs) metatron says you're pretty far along too you get that far along you start resonating with the word or with its source on the material plane with me dean says you said you were being careful careful how metatron says i'm not one of them i'm not an archangel really more run-of-the-mill i worked in the secretarial pool before god chose me to take down the word anyway he seemed very worried about his work 
what would happen to it when he left. So he had me write down instructions. Then he was gone. After that, the archangels took over. He pulls up a chair and sits down. And then he says, and they cried and they wailed and they wanted their father back. I mean, we all did. But then, then they started to scheme. The archangels decided if they couldn't have dad, they'd take over the universe themselves. But they couldn't do anything that big without the word of God. So I began to realize maybe they would realize they needed me. Dean says, so you get a ruffle in your feathers and you just decide to disappear. Go stick your head in the sand forever. You have no idea what's been going on out there. Metatron says, nope, that's the whole point. (laughs) He's like, I am an ostrich. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I cut back to Cass. Uh, Iron, Ion, not iron. (laughs) 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 Has turned away from Cass and he's looking out the window. Ion says, you soldiers down in the garrison, at least they let you believe the lie. Upstairs, working for Naomi, working in intelligence, we had no option but to live in the dirt. She never reset me completely. I always knew too much. I had to do my job. Cass comes up behind him. He says, Ion, and then he knocks Ion to the ground. Cass says, shut up. And then he takes the angel bullet and pushes it slowly into Ion's freaking eyeball. I mean, I can't say that the dude didn't deserve it. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. But still. (laughs) Just like. Eyeball stuff. Why the eyeball stuff? Yeah. (laughs) So Ion erupts with white light screaming and then he dies. So we cut back to the boys. Dean says, so you've been holed up in here or in a wigwam, or before that in some cave, listening to stories and reading books. Metatron um, is grinning, and he says, and it was something to watch. What you brought to his earth, all the mayhem, the murder, just the raw, wild invention of God's naked apes. It was (laughs) mind-blowing. Oh my God, at this point, when Killian and I were watching this episode, he was like, what's a naked ape? (laughs) (laughs) and then we had a lot to talk about (laughs) well (laughs) yeah (laughs) what had happened was (laughs) yeah so metatron says it was mind-blowing but really really it was your storytelling that is the true flower of free will At, at least as you've mastered it so far when you create stories you become gods of tiny intricate dimensions into themselves so many worlds I have read as much as it's possible for an angel to read, and I haven't caught up. Sam says, you know what? Pull the freaking trigger. Metatron says, what? Sam says, pull the freaking trigger, you cowardly piece of garbage. Dean says, Sam, hey. But Sam grabs the end of Metatron's rifle and points it at himself. Sam says, all the time you've been hiding here, how much suffering have you read over? Humanity's suffering. And how much of it has been at the hands of your kind? Dean says, come here. Hey. And he pushes Sam back. Dean says, you want a story? Try Kevin Tran's story. He was just a kid. He was a good straight A kid. And then he got sucked into all of this, this angel crap. He became a prophet of the word of God, your prophet. Now you should have been looking out for him, but no, instead you're here. Hold up reading books. (laughs) Sam says he's dead now because of you. So we cut to Gar's boat. Kevin says, you know, the Winchesters are up to the third trial. They're going to shut the door on hell. 
Crowley says, I'm not worried, kid. Kevin picks up the demon tablet. He says, you have no idea what's on this demon tablet, right? The power you could have gotten with this if you weren't running around like a chicken with his head cut off. Crowley says, you think I can't make you tell? Kevin says, I know you can't, and you do too. Crowley says, you know what? I've already won. I have the angel tablet, you little smudge, and I got deals and plans up the jacksy. He grabs Kevin by the throat and pushes him up the wall. He says, and I don't need you. So Crowley slams Kevin against the wall and strangles them. Suddenly, Kevin's eyes start glowing white. Increasingly bright light shines from him until Crowley is thrown back across the boat with his hands and face burning. Uh, we cut to Metatron's room. Kevin lies unconscious in one of the chairs. Metatron places a glowing hand on Kevin's chest and the bruises around his neck fade away. Dean says, is that it? Is he good? Metatron says, give him a minute. And Metatron walks away and Dean follows him. Dean says, how did you get past Crowley's angel warding? Metatron says, I'm the scribe of God. I erased it. I'm just like, hmm, no big deal. Yeah, that's kind He's of like, awesome. Bye. <laughs> yep. Dean says, but you saw, right? I mean, you, you're caught up on everything that's been going on, all the crap that your brother's been doing to humanity all this time. Metatron says, I saved the boy, didn't I? Dean says, but are you in? With us, I mean. Metatron says, you really intend on closing the doors of hell? Dean says, seems like the thing to do, don't it? <laughs> Metatron says, it's your choice. And that's what this has all been about. The choices your kind make. But you're going to have to weigh that choice. Ask yourself, what is it going to take to do this? And what will the world be like after it's done? Sam says, Dean, Dean. So Dean goes to Sam as Kevin starts to come around. Dean says, Kevin, hey, I thought we lost you, kiddo. Kevin says, I'm good. And he pulls out the demon tablet. <laughs> um, he, he says, second half of the tablet. And I got it. Third trial. I didn't tell Crowley. Sam says, so what is it? Metatron says, to cure a demon. Kevin says, yeah. Who are you? <laughs> so we cut to the Impala at night. Sam and Dean are driving down the road. And I have a question about that. And <laughs> that question is, where the fuck is Kevin? Did they leave Kevin with Metatron? I mean, they don't even talk about it. He's not in the car with them. Where's Kevin? Uh, um, I think I would just assume that he's with Metatron. That seems awkward. I mean, a little bit. Yeah, but honestly, <laughs> Kevin's been through worse. So <laughs> Poor guy. Okay. Okay. So Dean says... Cure a demon. Okay. Ignoring the fact that I have no idea what that actually means. If we, if we do this, you get better, right? I mean, you stop trying to cough up a lung and bumping into furniture. <laughs> Sam says, I feel better. Yeah. Sam is the thing that goes bump in the night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> uh, Sam says, I feel better. Yeah. Uh, just having a direction to move in. Dean says, well, good, because where we're headed doesn't sound like a picnic. Sam says, but we're heading somewhere. The end. Dean breaks abruptly as they spot a figure lying in the middle of the road. Now, I just want to say before we go on. <laughs> 
that you know what you don't do when you see someone lying in the road is stop. Is stop. <laughs> you do not stop. You get around them as quickly as possible and you call 911 and be and like, hey, just- there's somebody in the middle of the road at this place and then yeah. keep going. <laughs> yeah. You just drive fast away. Just like, yeah, I don't. Okay. Anyway. Uh, so as the Impala swerves, its headlights illuminate the figure, revealing it to be a very bloody cast. The car skids to a halt and Sam and Dean jump out. Dean says, Cass? And Cass says, a little help here? <laughs> and <laughs> credits. <laughs> okay, so my, my single thought <laughs> is that did we actually learn how to make coffee? from goats <laughs> you know how yeah, we like oh so. yeah you learned how to do i watched you chew it after the goats chewed it or whatever like what <laughs> is that I mean, an actual thing like did we learn to make coffee from goats i didn't look it up <laughs> i should probably do that let me do look that. it up yeah i am um, i think that it's plausible i mean of course but like goats eat anything so i don't know that like humans would be like that must be safe because a goat's eating it you know, know. Like, <laughs> um huh which if- story goes that okay coffee grown. this is just off of like quora.com this is just the first thing that's showing up on google it says coffee grown worldwide can trace its heritage back centuries to the ancient coffee forests on the ethiopian plateau the story goes that um, Kaldi, I'm guessing that's a, some sort of important person, um, discovered coffee after they noticed that after their goats ate some of the berries from a certain tree, the goats became very energetic and did not want to sleep that night. (laughs) Oh my God. I bet they were like, fuck this stuff. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, my guess is that that's not maybe how they learned to make coffee specifically that was like hot and ground up and all that sort of stuff but they learned that the coffee bean had Mm -hmm. like energetic properties yeah (laughs) like we learned how to be cracked out from goats (laughs) (laughs) I like it I like it (laughs) I'm fine with it (laughs) I mean it makes sense you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's, it's not implausible or is that the word that I'm looking for I don't know what (laughs) I'm tired okay it's fine I I was at a water polo tournament all this weekend I played five games or not the full five games but I think the last time I like the last time I actually played in a tournament was like six years ago or no Mm -hmm. 2016 yeah six years ago and I definitely, I think I've played water polo like a couple of times, you know, since then, but like yeah, briefly and like, you know, kind of goofing off, not like actually playing. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm not right. <laughs> <laughs> Everything hurts. And I literally, so our last game ended at one yesterday. I came home and by the time I got home, it was like two ish. We ordered pizza. I had some pizza. I fell asleep until like 5.30, woke up briefly, like ate dinner and then went back to bed and woke up again at like 8.30 in the morning. 
That's awesome. So yeah. <laughs> At least you did something. My weekend. Okay. I'm just going to tell you about my weekend because you Do told it. me about yours. Um, <laughs> Saturday, we went over to my aunt's and celebrated Christmas finally, mm-hmm. because um, during like actual Christmas, like my whole household was sick. Right. So yeah. And it was just a cold, but you know, you still don't want to in this, you know, time and of life, you don't want to just give people a cold. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Like that, that would be rude. So, um, so we did that and had a blast. And then yesterday what I did, okay. All I did (laughs) was like maybe around two in the afternoon, I changed out of my PJs from the night before and put on new paid PJs for the <laughs> night like a good to day. come. <laughs> yeah. That's what I did yesterday. <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> I, so far I've been living in sweats all day today. <laughs> yep. Not, yeah, I don't good. plan on getting out of them. <laughs> yep. We'll that's see. how your day Usually off should like, be our date nights are Monday nights because that's like a day that I don't work and Travis gets home at a decent time. Well, he gets, I mean, he always gets home like three 30 to four somewhere in that range. Um, but Thursdays he has his like guys nights or whatever with his buddies and they all go out for like an hour or two and like get a drink or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. which fine, you know, like I'm not going to, take that away and so it's like okay yeah. so like our date night's gonna be Monday and usually it's like oh let's go out and get food or you know whatever nothing like too crazy but I'm kind of like yeah. I hope that you know tonight doesn't take a whole lot of energy <laughs> maybe you can just ask him to uh bring some dinner home you know and then you don't have to go At like four though that's the thing like that's too oh early. yeah that's so. too early and it'll probably be weird by actual dinner time. Yeah. And okay. Well, sushi <laughs> and that'll be really bad a delicious. couple hours. later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can't have that a couple hours later. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> like I've done it for sure. Like I'll, I've had, you know, like not leftover sushi sounds weird, but it's like a couple hours later and it was in the fridge, you know? So it's not quite yeah, that's as fine. Like, like same day in the yeah, fridge. You that's know, fine. Like, it's not it's not bad but mm-hmm. the only thing that's kind of weird is if it has avocado on it because then by then it starts to turn a little brown <laughs> yeah right it's still like, good though I mean, oh it's still good and I still eat yeah. it but <laughs> it's yeah. not quite the same so, mm-hmm. yeah yeah there's that <laughs> <laughs> so what was your favorite moment from this episode okay so like I don't really have like a favorite moment, but I do have a, a moment that I liked. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to go with that. (laughs) I don't know why that's different, but that's fine. Um, and it is when, um, we're in a Biggersons, Mm -hmm. one of them, probably the Santa Fe one. And you know, Crowley's there. Happen is in that one. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, like Crowley's there, and he's like being a real bitch, and you know, <laughs> just normal Crowley things, and he, <laughs> doing normal bitchy like, things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he like you know shoves his hand inside Cass. Mm-hmm. That sounded weird. Inside <laughs> Cass's stomach. 
<laughs> I mean, <laughs> it wasn't wrong, but it wasn't right either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, and you know, he like rooted around for a while, which I think he just did to like cause more pain. Okay. Your mind is still in the gutter. <laughs> <laughs> when you say he shoved his hand in and rooted around for a while, like, mm. <laughs> I don't know what to think. <laughs> Okay, well, we're talking about <laughs> we're talking about a hand in the abdomen, which I still <laughs> think we're in the same gutter. So that's fine. Uh, and then I can, he I can collect myself, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then he, you know, pulls out this giant, well, compared to the hole in his stomach <laughs> metal slab, you know. And I think that that's bananas that, that came out of that tiny body hole. Okay. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I feel like we're having a where did babies come from discussion. <laughs> <laughs> that's not how you get babies out. Well, that's not. I mean, I guess there's, I guess there's C-section. So yeah. it can be for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Now, my understanding of a C-section <laughs> is um, that they, you know, they, they cut you open and then um, they actually take your uterus like out of your body, like still connected. Maybe they take the baby out and then take the uterus out. I can't remember what order think, it is. Like, I mean, from what I know, like they, they have to like, obviously they cut you open they have to shift stuff around. They but I don't around. know if they take they your get out, a baby. out or if they just like cut into it and like reach in and scoop out the baby, you know? Well, like, I think the purpose of, of taking the uterus out and just like resting it on you <laughs> is that, um, is to clean it out thoroughly because there's like a higher risk of like infection, I think with a C-section that like, I guess they would like, have to get like placenta and all that out too, not yeah, just so, the baby. This is just what I read like one time, probably at like four in the morning in the middle of an anxiety attack. So like, I don't know if any of that's real. <laughs> Best time to look stuff up. <laughs> yeah. Like eight years ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so that's just uh, what I read. I don't know. I, I know people who've had C-sections. I should probably ask them like, so what's up with your uterus out of your body? Like, I'm I feel like that. Google could give you those answers too. Yeah, but also I can make my friends uncomfortable and ask them these questions. I mean, there's that too. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, what was your favorite moment? <laughs> um, I kind of have like two, they're not like favorite moments, but just moments I thought were kind of funny, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. Um, the one where Crowley was like, okay, so you figured out that these weren't Sam and Dean because they were too polite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a like, good one. My demons are too polite for you. you know? mm -hmm. And then when Sam was like kind of cracking up about Dean riding a farty donkey. <laughs> Oh yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> Killian totally watched that part with me and he was like cracking up with Sam too. And I was like, you, you don't have a fever. Like, just, like fart jokes. Yeah. But I mean, 
he he is a kid and farts are funny <laughs> exactly exactly so, you know yep. <laughs> I get it <laughs> <laughs> yep uh, um the interesting facts from this episode there isn't very many of them hmm. um but it says when Sam is delirious Dean calls him little big man Um, He's referring to the 1970 Dustin Hoffman satirical Western about a white child raised by the Cheyenne in the 19th century. Um, I guess it's called Little Big Man is the name of the movie. Uh, I've never heard of that. So, um, and then it, oh wait, no, okay, we're good. Um, It says the title of this episode is a take on the Steve McQueen uh, World War II classic, The Great Escape from 1963. Um, Okay. This is the first appearance of Metatron, played by Curtis Armstrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what? I was just laugh say about? something, but it was going to be kind of spoilery, so I didn't do it. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and it says, in Metatron's room behind Sam and Dean, there's a box on the bookshelf from Powell's Books, um, a popular Portland bookstore, which I've been to a couple of times. Oh, I love that yeah. Book. I love Powell's. It's amazing three or four floors I think and yeah and it's yeah. like a whole block and yeah, yeah. it's a fun I went, place when did I go not that long ago I think it was the summer sometime with my aunt because she had doctor's appointments in Portland mm-hmm. um and so I went with her and we went to Powell's and I don't know if she had ever been in Powell's hmm. maybe I don't remember totally um but I want, I've never been in the rare book room. Okay. So I was like, Oh, like we should go into there. I think you'd think that was interesting. They have like a bunch of first edition stuff and all that sort of stuff, which you can't buy any of that, but like, or if you could, I'm sure it's going to be like really, really expensive. Yeah. But I think it's just a room where you go and you like get to look at, you know, first edition, really old books. And I think you have to like I'm sure you probably for some of them have to like wear gloves to touch them sort of thing. Um, yeah. but it wasn't open. And I was like, Oh, that's you know, like, yeah. really? <laughs> so I hope that, you know, if I get to go again sometime ever that that's open so I can actually go and look at it. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. We should go sometime. It would be, that'd be a fun day trip. Or we have to take the train too. Like you can take the train and be there. Like, oh, no, I don't take the train. I don't, I don't take trains. Why? (laughs) Because I am like a terrified person who reads the news (laughs) and trail trails, trains, (laughs) they derail a lot, like, like a lot, like monthly. So I just, uh, uh, I mean, you could always come down to me since I'm closer and we can drive. It's a good couple hour drive though. I've done that train ride too, but hmm Yeah. Yeah. Trains are, are just not going to happen. <laughs> I, I have been on a couple trains with like Killian when he was younger, you know, like Thomas, the train. And yeah. Well, that's we did some like it. Easter train, like I down in, um, like Centralia or Chehalis. I can't remember where exactly. Oh the yeah. That are. like old, um, Oh, what is it? I saw that. Cause where I used to keep Toby, that was, they like, there was a train track that crossed that had like, it's like a really old style, like open train mm-hmm. that kind of goes around Chehalis area and all that. So I don't remember what it's called, but 
Yeah. Yeah. I don't either. So we, so I have been on a couple, but they're, those are like, you know, slower, you know, trains, you Mm -hmm. know, they're not like Amtrak's or whatever else, whatever the train from yeah down to Portland is. So yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to do Amtrak. I don't know. (laughs) I know it's not the sounder because the sounder is the one that goes like, that's like Seattle to to Tacoma or Olympia. I can't remember. Eric will know. I think it goes to Lakewood. Okay. Hmm. I think, I don't know, whatever, but yeah, <laughs> anyway, yeah, I just, I just, yeah, no with the trains. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. We're not that far. It'd probably take just as long to, um, drive as it would to take a train anyway. So, yeah. Um, but yeah. And then the body count in this episode is 14. Just, wow. I, you know. I don't remember 14 people kicking it. Aren't, were they well, all like angels? No, it was the people in the bigger sins in Santa Fe. Remember, like they oh yeah back, and then they all were kind of like wiped out. And yeah, <laughs> and then the one lady, what was she saying? Oh, she like you have to stop, or they have they told me or something like that. Like you, I think it was like right. you have to stop. Um, and Naomi was like, "I'm gonna break your neck because you won't shut the fuck up." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> um. So our research from this episode is. Um, the ghosts of Santa Fe from Santa Fe, New Mexican.com. Um, I don't know if this is a, like a news, not like a news website, but like, yeah, I don't know. Okay. I have no idea. So we're just going to go with it. <laughs> <That's> fine. <laughs> um, so it says, um, have you ever felt a hand touching your shoulder and turn around to realize no one was there? If you answered yes, you have probably been in the presence of a ghost and you're a part of a large group of Santa Feans who have experienced paranormal activity. New Mexican folklore tells the background of the busiest ghosts haunting the city of Santa Fe. Um, The first one being Julia, I'm guessing it's Stab or Staub, it's S-T-A-A-B. So Staub, maybe? Maybe. I don't know. Um, I feel like it should be stab just for like, you know, the relevance of the story. Yeah, we're going to go with stab. Okay. (laughs) Um, The legend is is often discredited as tourist folklore. Uh, Ghost hunters, tourists, and and curious Santa Feans alike attest to the lingering presence of Julia Stab at La Posada de Santa Fe Hotel. Um, uh, Julia immigrated to America from Germany in the late 1800s. Uh, she married Abraham Stab <laughs> on the promise he would build her the largest, most magnificent mansion in Santa Fe. <clears throat> he held true to his oath, and the stately Victorian mansion paved the way for Julia Stab's growth into an illustrious socialite. I'm having a hard time with my words right now. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing okay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, it says the pair had many children, but Julia carried the grief of many miscarriages and the death of her infant daughter. She reportedly confined herself in her bedroom without food or sleep for two weeks. Wouldn't that like? That's how I was going to say, like, that's how long you can go without drink and before you die. Like, that's like, that's it. Two weeks. I thought it was three days for like water and like three weeks. It was like three days for water and three weeks for food or something like that, wasn't it? Oh, I guess you're probably right. But I think it's two weeks. I don't think it's three weeks. But you're, I think I do oh, have it back. Yeah, I have no idea. I just know it was like a significant longer time or a significantly longer yeah. time for yeah. food than it was for water. But maybe but she think, had a secret stash. 
I know. I thought lack of sleep would kill you faster. I, I'm trying to remember. Does the lack of sleep kill you faster than lack of food? Uh, from your what body I remember, shutting down after a while if you're not resting it. Yeah, so for sure. Yeah, um, isn't like the longest uh, a person has gone without sleep um, before dying is like 11 days, I think. Yeah, I don't know. So I feel like this is kind of nonsense for it to be two weeks. She had to have slept a little. But yeah. probably, she, I'm guessing they're just saying she didn't sleep much or well, you know? Like, yeah. And maybe she <laughs> had like nibbles here and there, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> um, so it says when she finally emerged, her hair had prematurely turned white and she languished in an inescapable depression. Rumors about Julia going mad swirled through the city. Um, the cause of her death at, at um, age 52 um, in 1896 has never been determined. Um, some believe she took her life while others believe her husband murdered her to eradicate rumors and redeem his tarnished, tarnished social status. They keep putting words how does that, how does that redeem your tarnished social status? Like you're, because he's not like associated with her anymore. Yeah. But there'll be rumors, you know, like, like life died mysteriously. It's just, I think that that would put the, the spotlight back on you, you know? Yeah. Especially if it was like unsolved like that. Yeah. I don't know, but I mean, things back then are a little different. <laughs> That's true. Different different now, so, yeah. um, it says either way, their home was converted into the hotel, which Julia allegedly still haunts. She's most often seen at the top of the second floor staircase in a black morning gown or the room she imprisoned herself in for years. Um, guests and staff have reported a rush of cold air the scent of floral perfume, and sometimes even the, the caress of an invisible hand when Julia's presence enters the room. These encounters became far more frequent during the height of renovations at the hotel, serving as an invitation for her restless spirit to roam the rooms and hallways of her, of her invaded home. Hmm. Uh, the next one is Sister George. Um, although not um, What was that first word? What, George? Sister George. Sister George? Yeah. Okay. Like Sorry, I wasn't sure if I was hearing you. Okay. Okay. I was just, <laughs> what wasn't did you sure. think I said? I, I, I thought you said Fister. Oh no. <laughs> I thought we were back to fisting. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh no. <Okay. laughs> that no, fucking no. guy. Okay. Mr. George. <laughs> okay. Got it. Got it. Um, it says, although none of her encounters are known to be malicious, Sister George's ghost haunts the inn and spa at Loretto downtown. Um, otherwise known as the cigar smoking nun, <laughs> Sister George <laughs> taught at the now closed Loretto Academy for Girls from 1953 to 1968. All of her apparitions seem to happen purely for making her presence known to the guests and staff of the hotel, not to cause any true fear or harm. Uh, first emerging in the 1970s, uh, Sister George is known to be fond of technology. <laughs> During renovations of the hotel, concierges at the hotel reported receiving multiple phone calls in the middle of the night from the fourth floor. When they would pick up, the other line would play answering machine music back to them. Um, her other apparitions have included wafts of cigarette smoke, flickering lights, and the placement of hands on the shoulders of those she reveals herself to. Hmm. Okay, so she is gone from smoking cigars in real life to cigarettes in the afterlife. Well, I, I mean, right? I would assume that they probably smell pretty similar to most people. 
So they do not. Mm-mm. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't be able to tell the difference. You would. You totally would. I don't know if I've ever smelled a cigar. How? (laughs) (laughs) There was an awkward pause there where Lynn was shaking her head back and forth. I was like, what the hell? (laughs) I mean, I don't think I've really... Have I been around? I don't think I've ever been around anybody smoking a cigar. Like, cigarettes for sure. Yeah. I mean, well, cigars smell much better. I, I, it's possible that I've smelled somebody smoking a cigar, but I wouldn't know. I would have probably just assumed that it was a different type of cigarette, you know? That's true. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, I can't offer to get one and show you how it smells because I think Eric and Killian would be very upset with me, <laughs> even <laughs> if I wasn't smoking it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I have no intention of smoking a cigar either. So (laughs) yeah, well, cigars, you don't inhale. So there's that. Wait, what? Yeah. Cigars, you're not supposed to inhale. You're literally like, what's the point then? You're literally just puffing on it and spitting it out. I don't know. It's like an old man thing now, you know, like, so I don't know what the, the lure of it is, but they Uh do smell good. You know, they have like certain scents in there like vanilla and you know they just they smell like kind of like man cologne you know but why would you want to like put that in your mouth (laughs) (laughs) I don't know I don't know I don't get to draw like I kind of like I guess I kind of understand like you know cigarettes and joints and whatever because it like you know, you're inhaling it and it does something to you, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's like, you know, especially for like nicotine, people get like addicted to it or they, you know, like the feeling of it or the same with joints, you know, it's like you like the feeling of getting high or whatever, you know, but like cigars, if you're not inhaling it, I mean, you still must be getting stuff in your mouth. uh, Yeah. I think it still must be, you know, getting a little bit of nicotine in your system. Otherwise, why would it be in the cigar in the first place? You know what I mean? Like, so, but yeah, maybe I have it wrong. You know, I've, I have smoked cigars before, but I was, you know, young and stupid and I'm, and I did inhale and someone was like, oh, you're not supposed to inhale. And I was like, fuck you, buddy. Like, (laughs) (laughs) tell me what to do. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, but yeah, that was a really young, dumb Lynn. So I don't know, maybe. I have my info wrong. Um, if you guys know the proper way to smoke a cigar, you should tell you should, us because clearly yeah, you should, you should probably, probably email us about it. So You're like, you guys are dumb. Here's what actually happened. <laughs> I know. We're probably saying the exact wrong thing, but okay. <laughs> probably. Yeah. But hey, whatever. About <laughs> most of this, <laughs> but that's fine. <laughs> Um, so the next, uh, Santa Fe ghost is La Llorona. Um, it says, although worldwide interpretations of the weeping woman differ greatly, Santa Fe's folklore attributes, uh, the source of the morning regretful, regretful, blah, 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 <laughs> whale, whales. I, I like in my head, I'm like, why are there regretful whales? And then I'm like, I was just going to ask you that. Having, like, that makes me really like sad. wailing, not like. You know, okay, wait, what? 
what can you just start it over (laughs) (laughs) Uh, okay so it says Santa Fe's folklore attributes the source of the morning regretful whales creeping out of the Santa Fe river and into the windows of those residing nearby to the to be the voice of La Llorona they're not like whales in the ocean like wailing like crying wailing I don't think I understood that any of that sentence (laughs) I don't know how to say it differently because that's how it's written (laughs) okay who is who is coming through the windows I'm I'm, yeah okay (laughs) it's saying the people are hearing mournful regretful wails creeping out of the Santa Fe River and into the windows of those residing nearby and they think it's the voice of La Llorona. Okay, I got it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That, that's, that's the only other thing that I <laughs> I was just, I was really confused about the whaling thing and then I, um, and then I was thinking about, you know, that other episode where like that dude's stomach exploded like a whale and then I just I got I got in a weird <laughs> tangent in my mind and I don't know what's happening but I got it now we're good okay, <laughs> okay. I okay. understand <laughs> um it says according to legend a woman had two children who her dishonest husband loved greatly after learning of her husband's infidelity she was overcome by a mind paralyzing fit of rage <laughs> she wanted him to experience the pain she felt by losing what he loved most In an adrenaline-soaked panic, she drowned her children in the river. Snapping out of this, the woman realized what she'd done and began desperately searching the water for the children she sent downstream. Uh, Many parents, in telling this morbid bedtime story, claim La Llorona still haunts arroyos um, along the length of the river. I don't know. That's obviously a Spanish word for, like, children or something, you know, like. I'm not sure. But I've I've not heard that word before, so I don't know. at least that's what I'm guessing as that she cries, um, my children hoping, um, the children she lost will respond, but she's willing to claim and abduct any children. She can lay her water pruned hands on. Oh my God. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a woman in white folks. <laughs> it is. It's a woman in white. And all in is, episode is one. <laughs> that's right. That's fucking right. That's terrifying and horrifically sad. Yeah. Definitely so not did we I'm trying to I mean I think we just looked up like women in white in the first episode but I don't think we like chose did we I can't remember what I don't we think we chose a specific one though on... I think we just looked up women in white so okay hmm. anyways <laughs> um what was your idgeterasma moment from this week Okay. So the other day, um, Killian and I were having a conversation. Um, we had just watched an episode of supernatural mm-hmm. and, um, I can't remember what we were talking about. Cause this was like a month ago, but, um, I told him like, you know, Hey, I don't know, like if I ever told you this before, but, uh, we almost named your middle name Dean. Mm-hmm. And he was like, what? <laughs> And like I was like, yeah, what? Or like, yeah, like not happy. <laughs> he, yeah. And he, he likes Dean Winchester, you know, yeah. but he was like, what? Like, what were you thinking? <laughs> and I was like, 
well, we were thinking that we really like this actor and we really, you know, like this character he plays and mm -hmm. how can we incorporate that into our son without naming your first name, actual like Dean, because, yeah. you know, people will make fun of me if I name you Dean. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, and you know, and so, um, anyways, his middle name is actually Thomas, which we got from, uh, my favorite book. Mm -hmm. So he's still, you know, named after something geeky, but <laughs> whatever. Yeah. But he was not pleased. And I just, I couldn't figure out why. I think it's just that he's like, so used to his actual middle name, you know, mm -hmm. that like something he's like, why would you even like change that? Yeah. Like something different. But I remember when we were in the, like, not the birthing suite but like um they move you to an actual room you know um yeah. after you've had a baby mm -hmm. and um they were like doing something to him and eric and i were filling out the paperwork and you know like your paperwork wants to know like what's his motherfucking name right yeah <laughs> so uh, so we probably were like, know those things <laughs> yeah so we and because we hadn't like decided on the middle name at that point we were like mm -hmm. it's either going to be dean or it's going to be thomas you know mm -hmm. like one of those two and then i was just like you know like let's just go with thomas like you know you've got he has someone on his like mom's side of the family named thomas so it's mm -hmm. kind of a family name and you know yeah. whatever Double so, meaning. <laughs> yeah yeah so mm -hmm. that's what we went with but um which killian is happy to hear but it, <laughs> i don't i don't know why it why it weirded him out so much huh you know yeah, yeah. he likes he likes dean but he was just like not like cool with the fact that we were even thinking about it so huh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was almost a Caitlin oh I can't I was see almost, myself being a Caitlin I was almost a Lana yeah yeah Lana Lehua cool yeah Lana Lehua hmm. sounds super bitchy to me so I'm kind of glad. I mean, Lynn is incredibly boring unless it's, you know, someone's middle name, which it usually is someone's middle name, you know, yeah. or <clears throat> so yeah. I kind of my middle name, Leilani, I love, hmm. I wish that was my first name. You know what I think I'm going to do hmm. is um, my next job. I think I'm going to just tell everybody my name's Leilani and like, see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> be like, this is what I want to be called. Yeah. But here's like, the thing is like, will you get confused though? If people start calling you Leilani, will you actually answer to it? <laughs> I'm sure I'll get used to it <laughs> after a while. I have a friend who, um, uh, a friend named Graham, who I met at Barnes and Noble. He was the first friend I made at Barnes and Noble actually. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and he was, you know, Graham to me and blah, 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 blah. And then, um, years later, I, uh, found out his actual name is Matt mm -hmm. and, um, Graham is his middle name. And, hmm. um, and like everybody in his life, except for the people who worked at Barnes and Noble called him Matt. Hmm. And I was just like, that's, that's crazy. Like I can do that. Like that's a thing. So I'm going to do it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, why not? That's like, as long as you answer to it, so people can like, actually, you know, like yeah. communicate with you, then that's fine. Like if I went by my middle name, I don't think I would, I'd be like, what people could probably be sitting right next to me going, Hey, 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 Hey. And I'd have no <laughs> idea, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, I'd be like oblivious to everything. So there's that. Uh, <laughs> you'd get used to it though. Yeah, probably. But 
still. Yeah. <laughs> I wish, I wish in my first job, I would have done that because there were two Lynn's there and one of them had been there for a long time and was the manager. Mm-hmm. And so he got called Lynn, but I got called Lynn. I, because my last name at the time started with an I. Mm-hmm. And so it was just super fucking annoying to like hear over the, the overhead, like Lynn, I to the, wherever they wanted me to go, you know, mm-hmm. like it just, it just doesn't flow like Lynn. I, Lynn know? I, uh, isn't that mm-hmm. like a word for like a porch patio kind of setup in like Hawaii or something? Hawaii. Yeah. 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 Lynn, I. I was going to yeah. say, isn't that what it, or is it like, I know that's, something in Hawaii but I don't remember what it was if it was like a I think it's that like I might be wrong but I think so backyard situation like a porch patio type I think it's more of a patio yeah 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 Yeah. but anyway (laughs) yeah okay so what was your agent harassment moment um so mine was not this last time that we were at my parents house but the time before that because I wrote this down a little while ago Hunter (laughs) for a couple times when he went to my parents' house, just decided to pee in the house because apparently that since there's two girl dogs there, he was like, I own this shit now. <laughs> oh God. These my bitches, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so, <coughs> excuse me. Um, he immediately, like Travis and I walked in the door and he's, you know, all excited and the dogs are all like, whoa, you know? Yeah. And this sucker, he was on his extendable leash. He wanders off into my parents, um, living or like their nicer kind of formal ish living room, which is like right next to the front door kind of, and Mm -hmm. like full on, I didn't tell my parents this or Travis at the time, because I didn't want it to be like a freak out, but he like, I just told them that he peed, but that little sucker walked over to my parents' leather couch, lifted his leg onto the leather couch and peed on the couch. It ran down the side of the couch and then there was a puddle of pee in the carpet. And I'm oh like, my God. oh no. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh God, what do we do? You know? Yeah. And so I was like trying to shoo them all out, like get everybody outside. I'll grab, like somebody give me this and I'll go in like that. I'm like trying to wipe down the couch, you know, like before anybody yeah. noticed that it was like on the couch, you know, cause I told them that yeah. he peed on the floor, but like, I didn't tell them that they, that he peed on the leather couch. <laughs> oh my God. That would suck. I'm yeah. sorry. So I cleaned it, but I was just kind of like, bro, we literally walked in the door five seconds ago. Like why you gotta pee on the furniture, you know, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is part of the reason why when we got, I'm not going to say her name because she's right next to me asleep. And if it, Maisie, uh-huh. she okay? She's Did she hear? We good. Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> <Okay>. got... <laughs> a little missy over there. Um, <clears throat> I was like, okay, you know, like we want one of the puppies that my friend had, but like, I only want a girl because I like, not that all boy dogs do this, but a lot of times they'll lift their leg and pee on something rather than just like squatting and making a puddle, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't want to deal with that. You know, <laughs> it's like, yeah, I will not. Cause we don't have leather couches. We have fabric couches, which means that it's not just going to hit it and run off. It's going to go straight in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Not any getting that out, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. so I was like, yeah, I don't particularly want, you know, a boy dog peeing on all of our stuff and, you know, like having it run down furniture or walls or whatever. Like I would rather just have them squat on the floor and have a puddle clean up. So that was 
part of the reason that we wanted a girl dog. The other part was that Hunter is a very socially awkward animal. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't know what to do with other dogs. Like most of the time he doesn't like, he's like, I don't know how to play. I don't know how to do like, what am I doing? You know? Um, mm. But he seems to do better with girl dogs. And like Maisie is the first, did I, nope, we're good. <laughs> dog yeah. that like he actually plays with that I've seen, you know, like he's been around a bunch of other dogs and they'll try and get him to play. And he just like, he looks interested and wags his tail, but like, doesn't do anything because he's like too much, like, I'll know what to do. You know? (laughs) Yeah. I understand that feeling. (laughs) It's been really good because he's been very helpful for when she goes bonkers and wants to, you know, rough house with somebody, she'll go and rough house with him instead of trying to, you know, chew on us quite as much, but (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah doesn't bite us but you know we're working on yeah it, so. oh geez I don't know how you deal with that the Ugh. biting I uh, I've never had a dog um especially I've never had a puppy yeah. so I is that like a normal thing the Puppies like biting everything like even like people like like they'll chew on everything including people yeah because they're still trying to figure out boundaries right so that's why like older dogs a lot of times they'll like when they're playing with puppies they'll like growl or snap at them and stuff because they're teaching them like hey that's too hard that's not okay you know so like Mm. hunter and Maisie will be playing and roughhousing and all that sort of stuff and every once in a while he'll just at her you know and she's like ah and she like screams like she's been killed even though he doesn't make contact with her it just scares her you know yeah like hey that hurt you know like not okay mm-hmm. but if only it worked that well with <laughs> people if we could just fight and she's just like oh, i'm sorry i won't do it again you know? yeah but it doesn't <laughs> so, she will figure it out eventually she will we're just you know waiting for the day that she does <laughs> yeah so anyway but that's my that's my moment hunter peeing on my parents couch <laughs> <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Sorry, mom and dad, if you ever listen to this. Probably not. I highly doubt it. But I mean, just putting it out there. <laughs> yeah. My parents don't listen to this either. And I am so glad sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I do not think that my parents would ever listen to this. So <laughs> there's that. <laughs> Well, thanks for listening to us and our shenanigans. You can email us at idgitsandaspectspodcast at gmail.com. The word and is spelled out. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram under Idgits and Aspects, a supernatural podcast. Make sure to rate and review us on iTunes and send us your Idgit and Aspect moments for a chance to hear your story on our podcast. Thanks again. Thank you.